fast am I? Good afternoon. Welcome along to Manx Radio's Man in Line for Tuesday, 23rd of January. Alex in the chair for Andy, who is discovering that there isn't always a boat in the morning. Let's just say that. I'm sure he'll be back at some point. Anyway, what would you like to talk about today? Open line. Did you hear Julie Edge and Rob Callister talking to Phil yesterday? Do you have any thoughts on the fact that it's not a U-turn? No, it's definitely not a U-turn. Also, 9.5% of the annual budget for DHSC is what they want more of. 6.6% of budget for DESC. 5.2% for infrastructure and 55 for home affairs. What am I talking about? Well, we're talking about how uh, Timbald has been asked to approve supplementary votes, OK, um, from overspends. Now, I, I would be interested to hear how this is, uh, makes sense, OK? See if it says the same thing to you. Um, that if, if approved, these supplementary votes will result on each department being on budget. I, 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 I'm, I'm willing to be um, basically put in the light as to how you can overspend and then when someone gives you more money, you're on budget. Surely you've gone over budget. That, that's the point. So Department of Health and Social Care wants an extra £30 million. Their budget, by the way, is £313,781,000. Department of Education, Sport and Culture, um, £8.9 million. Uh, extra they want on a budget of 133 million eight hundred and three thousand. Department of Infrastructure, five point six six five million on their budget of one hundred eight million eight hundred and seventy thousand. And Department of Home Affairs, two point two million extra on their budget of thirty nine million eight hundred and seventy five. So that works out as effectively um, an increase of nine point five percent for Department of Health and Social Care. 6.6% for Department of Education, Sport and Culture. Um, infrastructure, it's 5.2%. And Department of Home Affairs, it's 5.5%. Now, we're used to, obviously, um, the Department of Health and Social Care wanting more money. OK, and there is this debate as to whether it's an overspend or we don't budget enough. But because our budget process means that we're not allowed to um, go into a deficit of the budget. We just don't give enough money in the budget and we expect a supplementary vote coming round. But in terms of education, infrastructure, home affairs, these are big, big numbers that they've overspent. Okay, And uh, the question is, can Timwald even say no? Okay, I mean, we're going to come down to uh, another story again where the Department of Infrastructure once again is ignoring what Timwald said. Um, So... The question is, do you feel that this is just a rubber stamp exercise? Why do they even bother? You know, that, that that's the question. Surely they could de-scope some of this stuff without coming to Timwald like they have done in the past. Um, I would love to know your opinions on it. 6613 at 68 is uh, the number to call. Let's go to a few um, messages that have been uh, sent in. And, um, oh, crikey, people sending in text across about five different texts. So I'm going to try and get these right. Uh, thank you to um, texter... Uh, um, 653. There was a caller on Friday who claimed that the wind farm plan would cost 700 million over 10 years. Um, I wasn't uh, here on Friday, so I'm not, I, I can't officially confirm that or deny that. But if that's the case, this person says that's just scaremongering nonsense. I currently live in Switzerland where my electricity costs per unit are half that of the Isle of Man. The source 75% from renewables, 25% nuclear. Um, this means um, that um, we should be having nuclear power. Oh, my word. Um, And it means that also um, we are insulated from energy prices um, by the fact that we have wind turbines built. Thank you for that. Um, That Bearing in mind that when we're paying for our electricity, 
We're still paying off the big loans for the power station, the gas-fired power station we've got there anyway. Okay, those loans are going to continue to be paid for many, many years. Um, so bear that in mind. Um, what else have we got? Um, thank you very much to uh, Richard, who said, uh, Hi, Alex. Dr. Allenson saying Manx Care has spent £30 million above its budget is somewhat of an understatement. What about the £18 million for dealing with the waiting list they were given um, from the budget, which has made no difference to the total waiting, as the last figure gave out stayed the same at um, 12,300 people on the waiting list? Earlier this year, Manx Care said that it were £27 million overspent, which we now hear today is £30 million. Um, this is on top of Manx Care's budget. Yes, I mentioned there the budget uh, total of £313,781,000. Um, so... And uh, also, there's no mention by Dr. Allison of the 38 million extra requested by Laurie Hooper last year. Um, so, question is, are we underfunding the health service? This, this is a bigger question. Do you want to continue to pay through your taxes for the health service, or would you prefer to go private? If you look at the, um, the situations in places like Germany, where you have to take out insurance and you have private health care effectively for the population, okay, you, you've binned off. What is the whole basis of the NHS free at the point of need for everybody? So everybody is entitled to health care. Um, you know, you could make savings of hundreds of millions of pounds a year if it was paid for by insurance, personal people insurance. But would the, the rich be able to afford health care? And do you have that two-tier society? Well, these are all questions that I'm sure you all have opinions on. 66. 1368. So let's go back to that announcement this morning, shall we? It's been announced that four government departments have overspent their budgets by almost £47 million in the last financial year, bearing in mind we're only in January at the moment. Uh, approval for supplementary votes is going to be sought at next month's sitting of Timwald in order for them to be brought in or just under uh, budget by the 31st of March. Health and social care spent an additional £30 million. The other departments over budget, as I mentioned, are infrastructure, education, sport and culture and home affairs. So the Treasury Minister, Alex Allenson, has been speaking to Manx Radio's Sean Cowper. What we've had really is quite an extraordinary year of very high inflation. We've seen the knock-on effects of interest rates. That's affected DOI in terms of their housing deficiency payments. And also we've seen wage increases trying to keep up with that inflation. And that's caused a wave of increased costs. People have noticed it in their pockets. We've noticed it as a government. And as you said, health and social care, because they employ so many people and they've had wage increases, energy cost increases, but also increases to consumables and drugs as well, as well as to offer and transfers for specialist treatment in the UK, all those have added up. So this is a way of trying to balance the books as we finish this financial year and then try to look forward to next the next financial year, which I'll be outlining in February with the budget. So it is a total of around about £47 million for these four departments. Where is that money going to come from? OK, and I'm putting that into context with the um, Department of Health and Social Care. We're talking about around about 10% of their budget. They've had increased costs to deal with. We are not going to be drawing down from reserves. We can manage this increased spending in terms of the increased revenue that Treasury have been receiving over the last financial year. Obviously, it doesn't please me to have to come forward to Tim Walt with this, but we're doing it in an open, transparent way to reflect those increased costs. And I think it is really important that in the next financial year, we look at our budgets, we look at the way departments spend, prioritise that spend to actually deliver on those outcomes that people really want, which are things like, as you've 
described in, in your various programs, being able to access GP services, being able to access dental services, those frontline key roles that, that we really need, particularly in terms of health, but also education and home affairs. And you talk in your announcement this morning about Treasury needing to work closely with departments to ensure that they continue to exercise strong financial management and control. Has that not happened over the last year then? It has, but what we're trying to do is put more resources in, give more help and support for those departments to actually identify any risks that may be there, also opportunities, but the risks that may be there in terms of them going over budget. Also share best practice in terms of what's the best way to procure supplies or services throughout government and really drive some of the efficiency savings we've seen, particularly in terms of health and social care, try to get those applied right across the board with all those departments doing the right thing, trying to strengthen that fiscal discipline as we go into the next financial year. A lot of words there. Okay. Um, what do you think about what the Treasury Minister's got to say? I'm, I, I'm, I'm shocked that I'm sure lessons aren't going to be learned from overspending as well. That's the normal uh, government communications uh, textbook, isn't it? Um, and uh, the question I have for you, you know, is this not just a way of cooking the books? Okay. The money's been overspent. So why are giving these departments more money to make it look like they're coming in or under budget? Okay, um, I'd, I'd like to hear your opinions because it's your money they're spending. Um, one double six, one double seven, um, and what's the extra money being spent on? Uh, thank you very much to Texter five two three, who um, says uh, I work for Department of Home Affairs, and at the start of the financial year, we were met by the department's bean counters, and were told that the department, as a department, we would be two point two million over budget come the end of the financial year. So it's quite clearly under budget from the off. That's from Justin. Thank you, Justin. Um, that um, they, they let's be honest. When it comes to budgeting, um, people do budget, or departments, companies budget um, almost aspirationally. That yes, we can make the savings as the year year goes on. And if we don't, okay, we're not going to come in under budget. But the question is, if you're a business owner, I'm sure you're out there, or if it's your home budget. If you don't have the money, no one's going to step in and sort it out. So you have to control a budget in that way. And if that's not the case, okay, you you have to effectively go back for these supplementary votes or you have to cut a service or you have to look at your headcount and say, do we have too many people at the top? But the question is, are the people at the top the ones that are expected to make the uh, the cuts? Um, let's have a look at some more of your messages, shall we? 66 13 68 is the number to call. It's all very quiet on the phone, so don't ever scared you all off. Um, do give us a call. We'd love to have a chat to you. Um, let's have a look. Ali says, uh, Alex, what I find most concerning about the figures for health and social care is the fact that there are hundreds of jobs advertised infilled for this department, um, which would give us much better services, but would surely then add further millions to the overspend if we were lucky enough to fill them. Um, we did see some comments on our Facebook page on the story about this. Please do go on to uh, the Facebook page and you can join in the debate on there. Um, but... The, the question is that we're paying £47 million for all these services. You wouldn't mind paying more money if the services were excellent. OK, so Department of Infrastructure, prime example. I presume we've got lovely roads. OK, if you have to do the diversion as they redo Braddon Bridge because the TT course has to be paved in gold. If you have to go around Saddle Road, they're dreadful. It's absolutely awful. But it's OK, we're going to pay millions more to that department. You, you don't mind paying extra if what you get is good. But the issue is that when it comes to healthcare and uh, infrastructure services um, on the Isle of Man and other services, all we keep on hearing is we don't have the money. We don't have the money. We don't have the money. So where is the money going? Uh, that's the question. Um, at 166, 177. Bill's been on. Alex, 
I believe Dr Allenson's excuses, if you like, but this overspending is purely a lack of financial discipline, nothing else. Um, uh, Sue has been on saying, um, as I mentioned before, if the health services have gone over budget again, then maybe the budget needs adjusting for this vital service. Well, this is part of the budgetary process, isn't it? The, the Manx government, by law, has to give you a balanced budget, which means that if health, for argument's sake, is going to cost £400 million, but we can only put in the budget £300 million, they'll do that, they'll nod it through um, as the budget goes through every February, uh, in the knowledge that by the time we get to the end of the financial year, they're going to need this extra money, but we just weren't allowed to put it in the budget process because of the way the, the setup is. Um, that's, um, oh, here we go. Crikey. Um, Alex, the departments are greedy. No more projects for three years. No wind farms or five of them. No Southern swimming pool. Everyone is lazy. The NSC is only 29 to 35 minutes away. That's a very exact amount of time. Um, uh, great experience bus service, if no car. Less on the TT celebrities and move the bus station to the back of Strand Street. It's a large empty space. Taxis and buses together. Okay. Um, well, interesting. I mean... The, the, in terms of things like the no southern swimming pool, um, I think it's pretty obvious that the people want their, their, their swimming pool. That's been very obvious, um, as they've spoken in the last few weeks. Less on TT celebrities. Well, the TT is in the, exactly the same boat as the Heritage Railways we've been talking about, which is actually um, the TT, in terms of income uh, direct to the department, I would imagine does not make money. But it makes money from an economic benefit. So if you're not willing to spend stuff, I'll take it to being a shop, okay? If you're not willing to spend on buying stock, you're not going to make the profit from selling it, okay? So you have to still invest in the things that make you money. Um, so thank you very much for that. Um, let's have a look. Here we go. Um, government have to act now before we go bust. They have to scrap the lower earning limit on national insurance and raise raise in 1%. Um, raise taxed 1%. This won't harm businesses or investment here. They also need to have a major review on public sector pensions. We can't afford it the way it continues to be run. Um, so that's from Pat. Thank you, Pat, for that one. Um, do you agree with Pat? Do you want to pay a bit more tax? Do you want to pay a bit more national insurance in order to maintain the services we've got? We seem to be desperately trying over the last decade or so not to do that. So we're trying to have you know um, a huge amount of public service paid for by uh, the fact that we're not getting enough income in to pay for it. Tony is on the line. Ah, oh, someone who's going to want to talk to me. I thought I've upset everybody. Good good afternoon, Tony. I haven't upset anybody, have I? Uh, I don't think so. I was talking about me. No one wanted to talk to me today. Oh, no. You, I don't think you're upsetting people. The only people you're upsetting are probably the government. So you wouldn't be able to get a government job. Or oh. One of those thousands that are advertised. <laughs> uh, look, of course, they'd have to consider you because they're not allowed to do that, but they don't often do things they're not allowed to do, do they? Um, what I suggest is the minister and all his ministers should sit down and say, when we have a budget, here it is, X amount, you as a minister and your department are required by law to come within that budget and, if possible, to reduce it. That would incur the fact that DOI then can't spend money on wasteful projects, and there are dozens of them out there coming, which they're spending a fortune on. Wind farms, which have, they've got no experience of, and that includes the MUA, who, of course, want to put another underground, undersea line in, but the electricity is coming from somewhere else. We don't know where, because it's not coming from the UK. Um, 
UK is buying electricity from France at the moment, loads of it, because we haven't got enough generation. So I ask the question, when will the government wake up? When will they get rid of the board that is Manx Care, because that's costing us an arm and a leg for actually very little except telling us that it's going to get better? When will they get rid of the pensions for ministers? And I think every minister in government and every person in the MHKs needs to immediately stand up and say, OK, freeze all the pensions. We're not going to have them anymore because then anybody you employ in the health service or the civil service won't get a final salary pension. You'll be able to justify not having one. Whereas at the moment, they all get gold-plated pensions, which nobody in industry does. So if you're running a business, that's one of the things you would do immediately. But he doesn't mention that. What he mentions is, I'm sorry about this, but we're going to have to ask you for more money again. Oh, and don't worry, we're going to borrow some more and we can afford this. How can they afford it? Well, Tony, I mean, he said there that we're not borrowing it, we're not taking it from reserves. Um, I mean, it, it almost fits into that thing that, a bit like the Southern Swimming Pool, we're going to close it, we can't afford it, we can't afford it. Oh, wait a minute, we've found the money. There always seems to be money found somewhere, as if they've got a big sofa with a, a, a load of wadge of it down the back yeah, of it, doesn't it? Have they got a slush fund we don't know about? Because that's illegal, of course. But they wouldn't have that, that's for sure. But the issue is, let's just get some honesty out there. Let's let the, the, the minister actually tell us the truth. We're going broke. And the quicker we go broke, the worse it will be. So tell us, right, we're going to cut costs, we're going to do this, that and the other. What, what services would you like to see go, Tony? Because the big issue here, um, it's been mentioned every year we get a supplementary vote normally for health. Uh, this year there's added departments. So the question is, it, it's very easy to say cut costs and then everyone will say, well, what do you want to do without? What services do you want to do without? Because um, when, for argument's sake, um, the, one of the first things we noticed after the VAT bombshell over a decade ago was that, you know, hedges aren't being cut back as much on, on roads and pavements are all in a right mess because... Those are easy things to cut. So when you cut costs, we're cutting services. What, what ones would you like to see go that don't provide an income um, to the, the Isle of Man as a whole? Well, let, let me ask you that question rhetorically then. What in the health service doesn't do very much? Manx Care Management. So who would manage the department? Would you want it to go back to DHSC? I would get rid of a lot of it. I'd go back to how it was because it's costing us over £10 million a year just in salaries. And I guarantee if you go and look at the departments now, you'll find they cost a lot more than that. But you still need people to run things, don't you? Yeah, but the issue is they had people to run things, and then they added another layer, which is typical government. If you ask the government, how many more people do we have as employed who are going to get final salary pensions, ask them compared to five years ago, and it'll be through the roof. Do you feel that? Uh, do you feel that the arm's length organisation theory? Because this is one of the things that the Canon administration seems to be very keen on. Uh, Manx Care is um, uh, obviously previous to this um, Parliament. Manx Care is arm's length. The steam packet is arm's length. The sister report, when it came out, the government um, put on their social media feed that one of the proposals was to have a board of directors for the railways at arm's length. Do you, Do you think this is trying to just escape accountability? Yes, of course it is. He's trying to blame somebody else, ergo the southern swimming pool. Oh, it's, it's not my fault, it's not in my department, but I cut the money for it. How is that right? You know, why are we funding the, the 
NSC, but we can't fund the other swimming pools. It's got nothing to do with how old they are or anything else. It's got to do with, it is not, as somebody has said, a pleasure. It's a requirement for people to learn to swim. It's a requirement for older people to exercise because they can't do weight-bearing exercises. When is this government going to start working out that they have an ageing population and they need to do something about it? They need to start allowing for people who are older to be available within the systems. Anybody who's old gets treated like a, a money bag. We'll just take your money off you, but we won't give you anything. We'll just, oh, we haven't got any money left. That's the, that's the mantra we always get. We haven't got any money left. Well, where did it all go? That's what you have a budget for. And each minister should be responsible for that budget. And if he fails the budget, he needs to resign. And he needs to resign as an MHK as well. Do you feel then that the ministers that are asking for, in your opinion, you feel that the ministers who are putting forward the money for this supplementary budget, they should fall on their swords because of it? Correct. If they, if they can't manage the system that they are in charge of such that it works, and it might not work perfectly, but it works, and not trying to get to a target, but get it to just work, and not fill in forms so that you can get little bits of paper that say how many percentage of this or that, which is what they do, that's all they're interested in. They're not interested in your health, they're interested in what percentage it is. And how many, how many people have got to sign for one prescription? And it just goes on and on and on. It's unbelievable. OK, Tony. We're complicating the life out of ourselves for no good reason except to justify people doing nothing except shuffling paper. And if the ministers can't control it, they need to resign from the ministry and they need to resign as an MHK and give up their pensions because that's what they're in there for. OK, Tony. Well, th- thank you for that. Um, Tony's opinion there on the budgeting process. Um, do you have a different opinion? I'm sure there are people who do. Um, uh, 66 13 68 is the uh, number to call um, if you feel differently. Um, uh, Bonzo's on. Oh, time for a bit of wokiness. Hello, Bonzo. How are you? Hello, yes. Well, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to actually go totally woke today. Oh, you disappoint um, me. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have some fiscal responsibility. Oh, far away. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, I mean, a fair amount of what Tony is saying is, is yes, something uh, something I can I can heartily agree with. However, the thing is, it isn't that simple. If only it were, then it could be done. But it's uh, a bit of an issue. I mean, first off, having ministers fall on their swords and be sacked as as uh, MHKs and be uh, uh, forfeit their pensions. Um, if they go over budget. Uh, yes, I'd like to see how much that will cost us in legal fees. Doesn't he remember ransom? Do you yeah. feel that, um, I mean, uh, I'm going to try and keep this to, to the point in brief, but do you feel that things like that, you know, um, an MHK should fall on their sword, you know, Julie Edge has been called to resign um, today um, because of the Southern Swimming Pool. Do you feel that's just something that makes us feel better um, rather than, it's more of a, a heart overhead. It makes us feel better if someone did that, but doesn't solve the problem. Well, uh, in in regards to Julie Edge, I mean, I, I was listening to uh, questions in House of Keys earlier, and Julie Edge was just trotting out the usual combing line. You hear it from Allenton, you hear it from Cannon, you hear it from Lord Brennan, you hear it from Tim Johnson, you hear it from Tim Crookall. It's this, we are right, um, 
all Penguin members except Comin are wrong. You're not reading the uh, you know the briefs properly. You can't read the accounts. You don't you don't understand. And I'm afraid it's actually the members of Comin largely who do not understand. And Julie Edge is, is leading the uh, the charge of people who don't understand. And whether she has been because she doesn't understand intentionally, uh, unintentionally uh, misleading and disingenuous, or whether she has been intentionally misleading or disingenuous, um, doesn't matter either way. She still behaved in a way where she where she should be clearing her desk. And if she doesn't clear her desk on her own behalf, um, do you feel that the the chief minister well, I, uh, should? Well, Yes, I, th- I think there will be increasing pressure in Timwald in for uh, the chief minister to clear her desk for them. The, the question is, Bonzo, I mean, looking at the parliament we've got now and where we're at within this parliament and the government itself um, within the parliament, um, if you said um, that there's, there's been a lot of discussion after the uh, Jersey and Guernsey throwing out their chief minister and you sit there going, well, you know, this government is the worst one you've had in years and you trot out all those lines that um, lots of people say anecdotally, um, what's plan B? Because there's only they've only got the the public put in um, to uh, Timwald or the public put into the House of Keys, in fact, um, the members they vote for, and then who they vote for to be chief minister has only got to work with a certain number of people. Um, so, in your mind, what's Plan B? If we're not happy with the current government, you you're only moving around musical chairs, aren't you? Um, well, unless we can have a change of administration before the election then plan A will continue and it will be like General Milkshit said, the plan is for everyone to die uh, until only General Haig, General Haig's wife and their tortoise, Gerald, are left alive. <laughs> and, that's how, and, that, and that's essentially uh, Cannon's view. Um, what was the other General Milkshit quote? Yes, it's only by uh, refusing to face facts that we can overcome the situation. So if if you say a change of administration then what what is plan b because you um you have to have a vote of no confidence in the in the administration are there enough other members with the vital experience this is it because you you you're damned if you do you damned if you don't uh, I, 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 I can I can think of two, I can think of two or three people who are uh, imme- I can, immediately I can think of two or three people who would have the necessary skills um, and 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 experience, and you're talking about people like Jane Paul Wilson and Chris Thomas. So, in terms of the budgetary process, which is what we started this conversation on, um, how do you see this going forward? Is this becoming an annual thing that we should get used to because we don't budget enough, or is there um, a panacea that basically the uh, the politicians well, are looking well, at? Well, as I've said, as I've said before, it's not that the money isn't available; it's Tinwald chooses not to raise it because it has this uh, welfare state attitude that the more money you, you have, the more you should benefit from government exemptions and largesse. I mean, we have about 5% of our GDP, which we could tax and could go to all those things that, uh, that, that we need, such as you know, the hospitals, swimming pools, uh, fixing the roads, everything. But we choose not to raise it. It's an active choice by government. Why, why do you think that is, Bonzo? Because unlike, you know, the UK Parliament, 
um, unless there are huge secret slush funds, um, that I look at the makeup of the House of Keys and we haven't got billionaires sitting in there um, that uh, have got these massive um, sort of uh, incomes and uh, yeah, accounts everywhere who would do better from not raising money from um, the, the top percentages of society. So wh- why don't they go for that? Why don't they have that more liberal view on taxation? Well, I think quite a few MHKs actually do have friends who are uh, multi, uh, in excess of £100 million. And such like, a, a, well, for one example, of course, wasn't it Baroness Moan and John Barrowman, who were constituents of uh, Alf Cannon? So, uh, you know, yes, there, there, are, there are plenty of uh, millionaires, I think, having words in people's ears. Ah, well, that, 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 that's a different matter, because that effectively is um, uh, gossip and rumour as well, isn't it? Because you sit there and go, well, they're bound to have had a, a word, or they're bound to have done this. Yet, there's a difference between someone having a word and officially lobbying. Um, so, you, you can't create government uh, policy on well, that. Well in, well, in our, well, in our system, of course, the, the, uh, uh, the difference is very, 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 very blurred. Mm, it is. That's a very good point. Um, right, I'm going to move on, Bonzo, but great to talk to you. I'll probably speak to you again tomorrow. No, well, I'll take a break. Oh, OK. Well, nice to speak to you, Bonzo. Always lovely to have Bonzo on. Um, uh, he did well there. Six minutes. Not bad for Bonzo. Uh, right, I'm going to get to some of your messages on the text in a moment. Uh, if you want to talk about anything, uh, including the government overspent, the sudden swimming pool, uh, the fact that the Manxman um, is sitting out at sea, chugging up and down, um, because... Um, she can't basically be safely, um, uh, well, I was going to say contained, uh, safely berthed in uh, Douglas Harbour during storm weather. Uh, or the fact the DOI hasn't got round to sorting out 20 mile an hour speed limits. All of these are topics in the news. I'd love to hear from you. 66 13 68. When the man in line's not on air, call Manx Radio to leave your opinion for broadcast on 682 631. Righty-ho, you tuned to Manx Radio's Man in Line. It's 20 to 1. Uh, let's go and have a look at some text, shall we? And uh, do fee- feel free to give me a call once again, 66 13 68, about any of the topics we're talking about today. Um, Andy says, Alex, someone needs to ask this government why they're giving ACU events £2 million to run the TTMGP. The vast amount of this money going off-island. Fact! Um, once again, Andy, um, the, a text in from someone who might have found something on the internet. Not fact, but um, that uh, that I uh, I would argue whatever amount of money is being paid to the ACU, it's being paid to run the event. I mentioned this earlier on. Um, very similar. Railways, TT, they're in the same um, boat, really, that the department has to pay money for the whole of the island to benefit. Okay, so there is economic benefit. So I can't remember the top of my head, but say the TT brings in thirty million a year. Okay, um, that thirty million doesn't go into the department for enterprise. Um, the department for enterprise will spend that, however many millions, um, saying paying the ACU for this, paying for that, paying for everything else that's involved in organising the event, and then the rest of the island benefits from the economic income. I'd imagine. Um, thank you to uh, Texter O Six Eight who says I agree with Tony. A lot made up of paper shuffling jobs for people who actually don't do anything very useful. Um, uh, opinion or fact? Okay, people like to do that, don't they? Lots of civil service. I mean. You know, I am one person who does criticise um, uh, certain government departments, but civil servants are doing a, a job. They don't just sit there with their feet up all day. Um, the question is, do we want those jobs fulfilled? Uh, OK, and that's a completely different thing. Um, Andy, 
um, says, Hi, Alex, I agree 110% with Tony. Uh, the Chief Minister and Comin are on Fantasy Island and out of touch. Julie Ed should do the honourable thing and go. Um, if she doesn't know how honourable... If she doesn't, how honourable is she? Oh, I see what you're putting out there. Thank you. Um, also, Mike says uh, Julie Ed should be sacked and not asked to resign. Um, uh, what have we got here? David says... A few years ago, it was decided to stimulate the economy. A number of millions was to be invested in projects by the Department of Economic Affairs. Um, that, As it turned out, they were unable to spend it all. So the job of spending was given over to the DOI as they were better placed to achieve all the spending. Is that true? I don't recall that one, uh, David. Thank you. We'll, we'll look into that. But it it sounds uh, a little strange. that Oh, we haven't, we haven't spent our budget. Do you want it, DOI? You can spend it better. Things like you're sounding a bit tongue and cheek there. Um, uh, let's have a look. Um, the, uh, hi, Alex. Um, you have to remember that MHKs come and go, but the civil servants don't. They stay the same. So unless the MHK is starting to take charge, um, nothing will happen. That's from Hillary. It's a very good point, actually, because you, you do find this, uh, of course, if you ever watch Yes, Prime Minister, possibly one of the best documentaries into the running of governments you'll ever see, um, that, yeah, if an MHK comes in as a minister and says, I want to change this, all the civil servant has to do, um, if they're in a position of power and don't want to do the change, is just draw it out until that minister moves on. And then um, they get their own way. That That is, as you point out there, Hillary, something that could be an issue. Um, there we go. Hi, the responsibility for budgets in departments rests with the senior civil servants in, and in the private sector, they'd be looking for another job. Um, that's a very good point. Uh, th- thank you very much, actually, um, for Texter980, who says, um, Barryman and Moan live in, uh, lived in St Mark's, so how are they Alf Cannon's constituents, Bonzo? There you go. It's good to get that back, so thank you very much. You see, difference between fact and opinion. Um, now, a Douglas Central MHK has accused the Department of Infrastructure of showing complete disregard by ignoring a Timwald resolution. Again! Holstrams, bus station... The list is growing, and this time it's in relation to speed limits around the Isle of Man. Anne Corlett wants to see the introduction of 20-mile-an-hour speed restrictions in residential areas. The DOI was supposed to release a report in March 2021, and again last year, but hasn't, with Minister Tim Crookle uh, citing changes in the department as one of the reasons why. However, Mrs Corlett told Banks Radio that this report should be a priority. This was a Timwald resolution, agreed unanimously, twice, um, that speed limits in residential areas, specifically around schools, all Ireland should be implemented. And the, the task was to report back on how they would do that. And we're still waiting. One of the problems uh, about implementing a 20 mile an hour limit is actual enforcement uh, taking place. So you have to design roads, which is presumably where the Balakamine pilot uh, proposal came, to actually slow traffic down. Yeah, but I think really there's a, there's an alternative to that, isn't it? We could lower the speed limit, put the signs up and address the problems where they occur rather than trying to preempt them. Let's see what happens. And yes, you know, there is a problem with it. Well, actually, I don't think there is a problem with enforcement. There's no different enforcing 20 mile an hour than enforcing 30, 40, 50, 60. It's exactly the same enforcement. Do you think we should introduce speed cameras to- Absolutely. You know, and that could have been part of, I guess, of the consultation process that was around Balakamine, but that's a very small one. But yeah, let, let's go out and ask people, would they would they agree with that? Because I, I think sometimes part of the problem is people don't like the speed, 
but then they don't like the solutions either. I suppose we're all guilty in a way of, no, I don't want people driving fast by my house, but I'll drive fast by yours. That, that's human nature, isn't it? I do think if we just reduced, if, if, even if they did it in the central Douglas area around Balakameen, to just trial it, that's not an expensive thing to do. Change the legislation, put up the signs. Were you convinced by Minister Krugel's answers? Absolutely not. I th- uh, do you know what? I just really think that department, the department is actually showing a complete disregard for, Tim, for a Timwood resolution. And that's not acceptable. And, and, and OK, if they haven't had the time or ability to do a full report, come back with progress or not. If there is no progress, come back and tell us why. But don't just ignore a Timwood resolution. That is not right. There you see. It's that same record, isn't it? The DOI ignoring what they've been told by Timwald. Okay, Timwald is the highest court of the land. And is there any, you know, comeback on it? They just ignore Timwald and we go, and just move on. Okay. Um, if the minister is listening, okay, Invisible Tim, we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to actually reply to any emails inviting you to the Manning Line or to um, basically talk to us about the fact that your department is basically ignoring, showing complete disregard by ignoring a Timwald um, resolution, according to Anne Corlett, who's the Douglas Central MHK. Um, uh, right, uh, a few more um, texts coming in. I'll get to those in a moment. Also, um, I'm going to talk about... Um, oh, thank you very much to uh, Rob. Um, uh, uh, Rob Collister, actually, um, MHK, who's uh, messaged saying, um, Alex, in answer to Tony's question, I didn't stand for MHK because of the pension benefits. The days when MHKs receive a free golden pension are well gone. I pay around £6,000 into my pension as an MHK each year, and I'll be receiving around 20 to 25% less benefits than previous elected members. And uh, happy to clarify that position. Uh, thank you very much, Rob. Um, uh, very good to hear from you. Let's go back to the phone lines. And um, uh, John uh, is on the phone. Hello, John. Good afternoon. Afternoon, Alex. How are you? I'm not so bad, sir. How are you? I don't know yet. Too early. Haven't woken up yet. <laughs> I wish I was uh, feeling the same. Crikey. <laughs> yes. Um, I hear you on the on the radio saying, uh, you know, people phone in. Phil Gorn was saying that, you know, it's your your program. Please phone in. But yet, I also hear you reading out messages from other people saying, "Oh, we're sick of the usual five contributors, and you know, mm-hmm. it's becoming the moaning line." So, what I want to complain about is where are all these other people? Why aren't they phoning in? It, it's a good point that you do get people who complain like crazy that it's the same old people on the, on the phone lines and we don't edit anybody. You know, everyone is welcome to ring in. So if they don't want the same old regulars, it's going to be a very quiet programme unless they pick up the phone like you've done and, and give us a call with their opinions on, on anything, really. But that said, is, isn't it a case of, well, they're not happy unless they're complaining? Well, I think most phone-in programmes, quite frankly, I think you'll find a very... Um, you'd have a bit of challenge to find a phoning programme from any radio station around the world where people aren't ringing in um, with a negative um, comment rather than um, a positive phoning because, quite frankly, people are always wanting an issue sorted, aren't they? I don't think many people contact their MHKs and say, I just wanted to contact you because I think the flower beds in the village are lovely. They always want something dealt with. I think that's, quite frankly, just the the part yeah. of the score, isn't it? Yeah, I, I suppose you could say that's true, but if you think back, I think it was a Friday or something like that when you were on and, and this lady phoned up talking about tinfoil hats and <laughs> the Incas and all of that. Do you remember that one? I do, certainly, yes. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. the lack of the mail plane might have brought down the Incas. Well, it, well, exactly. I mean, so there was a bit of a humour there, a bit mm-hmm. of light-hearted happiness and everything else. But then at the same time, you know, you asked her, you know, 
what would she do if she was in control? Well, I think you just ask her husband what she would do. But <laughs> I'm, I'm quite sure that she would actually sort out the problem, so to speak, now with, with government. Because from what I understand, she sounded very, very firm. And I'm quite sure she'd turn around and say the um, civil servants could only have a four-year term, maximum of twice thereafter. They can't apply for the same job again. You know, various things like that. Well, I'll, um, I'll, I'll flip that on its head, uh, John, and say that one issue that is brought up is that there's no what they call corporate memory. So actually, um, many years ago, we had the Mars scheme uh, when we were getting rid of people um, from the civil service. Um, they were offered effectively um, uh, golden handshakes to depart so we could get the head count down. We could cut down on the, the, the wage bill. But the problem is that you lose people with that experience. So suddenly you've got people who don't know the island in jobs and you've got people who don't remember when we last made those mistakes. True. But then I'll flip that on its head. When I first came to the island many, many, many years ago, Somebody said to me, he said, the best advice I was ever given was to find myself a quiet little government managerial job somewhere hidden away and I'll be made for life. And that is the case, and he's still down at the airport now. All right. <laughs> Don't dob him in any further, John, whatever you do. Um, I mean, there is, there is that opinion, but also, I suppose we no, could... No, 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 that's yeah. not an opinion. That's what he said to me. Yes, but, OK, that perception, sorry, of uh, that being the case across the board... Um, but there is this element that we are a small jurisdiction. Um, we expect services to the level of what we would expect in the UK and larger jurisdictions. And I suppose if we want those services, we have to pay for them through taxation because a lot of them aren't commercially viable. True, but at the same time, an awful lot of money is just wasted. Mm. This is very going to be very, very contentious. But the government is there. Well, I've asked this question before to other people. What is the purpose of government? Is the purpose of government to be subservient to the international community and say, well, we have to start building wind turbines, spending in excess of 40-odd million pounds, give or take, you know, depends on how far it goes? Or do you say, well, that 40 million could go to the health service? That... Who, well, what is the government there to do? And what, what's your opinion on that one? Well, I think it should go to the health service. Okay. Good point. I mean, just think about the people living on the earth. We haven't got any dentists, yet you want to go and spend 40-odd million on wind turbines to be able to say to the world, hey, world, guess what? Pat on the back. Um, I'm Elf Cannon. I want my MBE because other people got it during COVID, and I didn't. So if we can now say, oh, well, we're net zero, aren't we brilliant? But at what cost to the people actually living here? Well, that, that's a whole different thing, because ba- you're making that sound like that's a, mi- um, a choice between glory or priorities on, on, on that front. Um, it is. But do you, f- is. do you feel then it's about government priorities? Yeah. Okay. Without a doubt. And it's not just government, but it's also civil servants. You know, I went down to the, the meeting with the wind turbines that was down at the school down the south here, and the guy jumped up from the government and he said we have to do this we have to build these wind turbines we have to be net zero because if we don't all the big companies on the island all the international companies are going to leave but if that's now that's different than obviously getting a tick box from other jurisdictions in terms of companies that are investing in the isle of man that's people's jobs that's um, bringing money into the island so if companies are sitting there going we want to work in a jurisdiction that is considered responsible and has um, green credentials, surely that's something we should be fostering, isn't it? Yes, but not at the expense of the people. That, that's the problem. So if we haven't got any dentists and we haven't got the money for dentists and the Treasury Minister keeps saying, well, the money isn't there, but hang on, we can go and spend £40 million on wind turbines. 
we can go and dig up Castletown Bay, which is, you know, um, what you might call a protected area, and to say, oh, look, we're green, but we still haven't got dentists. And yet you've got children whose teeth are falling out because the parents aren't looking after them. And then somebody in government says, oh, well, we need to fluoride all the water. It, 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 to me, it's all a bit backwards. That's why I say, get that lady back in with a tinfoil hat. She'll sort it all out. Brilliant stuff. <laughs> Thank you, John. Um, well, yeah, maybe well, I can't remember the lady's name now. I do apologise if she's listening, but uh, yeah, maybe her for chief minister. Who knows? Um, but uh, thank you, John, uh, for your call. Great to talk to you. And please do call again. OK, that'd be lovely to talk to you. And um, uh, I think we're pretty much nearly out of time. But Andrew's on the line, wanted to talk about horse trams. Hello, Andrew. Hi, uh, Alex. Uh, firstly, uh, hope 2024 is good, kind uh, healthy and rewarding for you. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, Mr. Tim Krugall's name was mentioned mm-hmm. two calls ago, and I don't have it in front of me. Last week's Manx Independent newspaper about the horse trams, and, and it- effectively, Minister Tim Krugall saying uh, doesn't look as though they're going to run because the buildings are unsafe. This was a what response. A- Sorry, go on. Yep. No, you carry on. I was going to say this was a response in um, in Timwald last week when they were discussing Tramway Terrace and there was the um, the debate off the question as to what the DOI has done and uh, whether the DOI has been in the building to inspect it and Tim Crookle said that they haven't because of health and safety, although um, I haven't managed to find a prohibition order on the building uh, in that case. But I think from memory it was something along the lines of if this situation isn't sorted, your horse trams won't run. Correct. Correct. So uh, it just, I think most uh, people who are in favour of the horse trams will agree, will agree uh, with a conspiracy theory that there is a uh, uh, movement within that department to just not have the horse trams. And uh, Minister Krugall is there ignoring the will of Tinwald and Surely, where there's a will, there's a way. All they should do is put some RSJs around the entrance to the uh, uh, stables so that the buildings don't come down on the arch. The archway doesn't come down, block the, build, block the entrance way, injure anybody, put that in. Where there's a will, there's a way. And obviously, uh, Minister Tim Krugall has no will because otherwise he'd find a way to do it. And that's all we have to say on that. I mean, in terms of the DOI, um, that, and once again, I, I, um, I feel I need to clarify this, that um, the DOI in terms of the management of the department, because I think in terms of the workers in the department who've been out over the, the last um, few days, you know, clearing trees, I think they do superhuman efforts. Um, Correct. And this is, this is not aimed at them. But in terms of the management of the DOI, um, yep. it's another day of a story of the Department of Infrastructure um, ignoring a Tinwald resolution. Um, Correct. And how do you feel we solve this situation? Because if you point out there that well, you the minister yeah. just has to instruct the chief executive, this is what needs to be done. Go away and do it. You've got this time scale to do it. Come back and uh, confirm to me that you've done it. If you haven't done it, well, the person's incompetent. Do you feel they should face a competency test? Get rid of them. Well, do you feel that uh, maybe the minister um, and the council of ministers, I mean, where do you feel that this 
feeling against on specifically horse trams or on other issues like speed limits or bus station and things that the DOI have they're, been they're told just, to do? They're just the ministers. It's quite clear the civil service are directing things. Uh, Chief Minister Comyn, they, Tinwell members, they may think they know what they're doing and uh, that they're in charge, but they're not. It's just exemplified by the fact that Tinwell's will is not followed. And that is the highest court of the land, I suppose, isn't it? Correct. Why are people not called to the bar of Tinwald, the D- chief executives? Why have you not done this? And you know what? I think that's a good Thanks. point to end on. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Alex. Cheers. Cheers now. Well, it's good to have a bit of a passionate debate at the end there. I am back tomorrow. Andy, I'm sure, will still be on the high seas somewhere. We'll get him back at some point. You'll be able to listen to this man in line again if you missed any of it as a podcast. Thank you very much to Barry Redfern on the phones today. And if you're tuning in tomorrow and you're a new caller, I'd love to have a chat with you. Call nice and early on 66 13 68. I shall be back at three o'clock with the other persona, as it were. Stick around. Tom Kane is up next. Tommy C with one to three. Stay safe in the weather. I'll speak to you later. Ta-da. Ta-da.